0: What is going on, guys? My name is Caleb, and it's a new show here on Rocky Mountain Sports Report. This is College Football Fusion. Each week, we're going to recap the previous week, go over some big performances, some key games, you know, some big upsets, you know, just, just go over the week in general. So to start out, how about OU in Texas looking to go to the SEC? This is not the first time that OU and Texas have looked to gone to the SEC. When the Big 12 realigned the first time, and I believe it was 2012, Texas and Oklahoma look to recap to go to the Big 12, excuse me, leave the Big 12 then. But if Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12, the Big 12 collapses. No, no question. No question. There's not not a good enough team there to, there's not a good enough team there to keep the conference going. Who are you going to lay on? Baylor, Texas Tech, CCU. While these are teams that have been solid in the past, these are not blue blood programs. Now Texas AM has come out and said they want to be the only the only Texas school. So in the SEC, which I understand why you left, because when you think of the Big Twelve, you thought of Texas and not Texas A and M, and Texas A and M has proven that. They can stand alone. The Lee is not always beneficial. If it was me and I was Nebraska, I wish I was back in the Big 12. You cannot honestly tell me that Nebraska has benefited from moving to the Big 10. They are going to be on what feels like their third or fourth coach. He just got Frost on the high seat this year. So that move has not been beneficial. You lost your recruiting pipeline in Texas because you no longer play in Texas every year. And Nebraska was dominant in the Big 12, and they did not have the same results going into the Big 10. Colorado has benefited from their move into the Pac-12. TCU has benefited if Texas and Oklahoma move. I believe the big 12 is going to be on an American athletic level conference, but you have to go add Boise State. You have to go add BYU. There are big name mid-tier programs to even have a feasible conference. Otherwise, the Pac-12 comes in and they scoop up your Texas teams. Iowa, State, Kansas, Kansas State, Big Ten. West Virginia, they can either go back to the American or if they want to stay on a Power 5 level, which to me would make more sense, it's the ACC. And I feel like that would cause Notre Dame to join a conference. Now, while Notre Dame had ties to the ACC in basketball, to me, with the arrivals, the Big Ten is what makes sense. Now, do I think that Oklahoma and Texas are going to go to the SEC? No. The SEC doesn't need Oklahoma and Texas, like Oklahoma and Texas need the SEC. You have lost relevance staying in the conference. But, to me, you're not gaining anything staying in the Big 12. Oklahoma has won the Big 12 five years in a row. Texas hasn't won the Big 12 since the late 2000s. So, and that's playing lesser opponents. You know, that's playing Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Baylor wasn't always good. And you still can't seem to win the conference. Maybe Steve Sarkeesian can turn around. But as of now, you know, It's, it's a mess out there. But I digress. That was that was the big news. But the next thing we're going to recap last year's football season. Now the four playoff teams last year were Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. So remember, Alabama beat Notre Dame 31-14. Najee Harris hurdled that dude, and that was awesome to watch. Then you had uh, Ohio State beat Clemson forty-nine to twenty-eight for I believe what was Trevor Lawrence's like third ever loss. In the international, in the in college, so Trevor Lawrence, shout out to him, first overall pick, and just dominated at Clemson. And then you had Bama beat Ohio State, fifty-two to twenty-four. And Justin Fields got hurt, and Mac Jones showed he was that guy, and Devonta Smith showed that he wanted to play, and Jalen Waddell came back for the for the playoffs. Alabama's just a machine. There's, there's no other way around it. So for this upcoming season, I, my top five is going to be Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Iowa State. Now for Bama and Clemson, they have a new quarterback. Um, it's going to be Bryce Young and DJ Uylandalea, respectively. DJ Uylandalea played a few games last year. He, played, he led an 18-point comeback when Trevor Lawrence got hurt. He played in the Notre Dame game last year. When they, went, when they beat Notre Dame in the regular season. Excuse me. Yeah, when they played Notre Dame last year in the regular season. And then um, Bryce Young played some garbage time last year. So he'll have some meaningful reps this year, which I think is going to be beneficial. He was the number one quarterback recruit coming out in last year's class. When I was scrolling through the other day, I think I seen something. He was the third or fourth highest-rated quarterback ever to come out of, of high school. That's how good this guy is. Now, while you lost Najee Harris, you lost Jalen Waddell. You lost Devonta Smith. Alabama just puts guys out. No question, Alabama puts guys out. So, And that defense is always good. You know, that that's what Nick Saban does. He he's defense. He's been knocked recently for early in his tenure, not putting out NFL quarterbacks. You got Jalen you got Jalen Hurts, even though he transferred, you have Tua, and now Mac Jones got drafted in the first round this year to a great Patriots organization, which I felt is gonna benefit him. But that's another another discussion for another day. Um, but Bryce Jones in the coming in show, can he be that guy? New weapons around him that's what Alabama does wash, rinse, repeat, never fails for uh, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Iowa State. They all have returning quarterbacks. And the more we talk, the more you realize I'm big on returning quarterbacks, experienced quarterbacks. I've watched no name teams beat teams because they have an experienced quarterback. I watched Appalachian State beat Michigan with Armani Edwards as, as I believe he was a sophomore that year. But I'm big on returning quarterbacks. you got Spencer Rattler, who's a sophomore at Oklahoma. You've got JT Daniels, who is a – I believe he's a redshirt junior because he tore his ACL at, UCL, at USC and then transferred to Georgia. So I believe he's a redshirt junior. And then you have Iowa State – who's got Brock Purdy, who this will, believe, his third year. Um, I believe this is his third year. So, and to answer your question, the dynasty crumbles whenever Nick Saban is done because if you believe what he says or not, I don't know if Clemson is ever going to allow Alabama to buy out that and that is the only one that I feel like is on that level to keep the dynasty going. Um, my top quarterback this year is probably going to be Sam Howell out of USC, and we'll get to that in a little bit on the Heisman predictions. Stay tuned. You have a couple. You have a big Week One matchup with Georgia and Clemson. Um, it's not a home game for Clemson, but it is because it's in Charlotte. So, while it's not in South Carolina, it's in North Carolina. So it might as well be a home game. You have DJ Ulinalea who's starting week one for them. Hopefully, Justin Ross is healthy for them to um, for them to play. Um, for them to play this year, he was a big a big. Um, a big piece for them last year so we shall see um how he does and they also are um they also are returning excuse me replacing travis Etienne, who basically was a top was a first round pick he got drafted with a 33rd overall pick First pick in the second round. This is the second straight year that a Clemson player has been picked with the 30th pick. The Bengals did it last year with the receiver. What is his name? I can't think of what his name is. But so they are going to re- replace a lot on offense this year, a lot of experience. So we'll see what Clemson can do with that. Um, We also have basically the top five is going to battle it out all year because you're probably going to have Bama and Georgia in the SEC championship game and uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State are going to play twice. It's just – it is what it is. They're going to play in the regular season, and those are my two picks to play in the uh, Big 12 championship game. So you are going to have great games – with these top teams all year with Bama, you know, they're going to play LSU. Who's looking to rebound. They're going to play Tennessee who, well, I'm not big on Tennessee. You know, it's always is slowly, slowly looking better. Clemson, you know, you got, you're going to play, you got North Carolina in the championship game. NC state was competitive last year. So you've got some games that could could give them some problems. Oklahoma, you still play Texas. You still play, you know, because you played Iowa State, Georgia. You play and start of the year. You got Florida, and then you're probably gonna hit Bama in, in the championship game. So, and then Iowa State. You still play Oklahoma. You still have to play. Still have to play Texas. Iowa State also has Iowa like the second game of the year for the rivalry game for the Sycamore Trophy. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great year for these top teams. Remember last year, Devonsel Smith won the Heisman. I believe he got drafted ninth overall to Philadelphia. I'm not sure on the exact place for that, but he got drafted to Philadelphia last year. The only guy that's returning from the Heisman ballot last year is Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. Um, he is a great running back. He is going to help that offense even more with Brock Purdy. On the back of him, Iowa State is going to win the Big 12. Spoiler alert. I was going to save that, but spoiler alert. Iowa State has shown that they have Oklahoma's number. They have a great defense. Matt Campbell is a hell of a coach. Um... As much as I think he would make a great NFL coach, he is building something at Iowa State. He is building something at Iowa State. And I'm not sure the exact number on the buyout, but I know that every I know that I believe when Arkansas was looking for a head coach, they reached out to Iowa State. And there were some bigger name jobs that he did not want to even interview for. Um, Why don't y'all get the quarterback figured out first? And then we'll worry about the coach. Much love, though. Much love. Um, So, and my top five for the Heisman this year are going to be Sam Howell quarterback from North Carolina, you got Spencer Rattler, who's the quarterback for OU, DJ Uila Nilea, who might just have the best name because it's just fun to say. Clemson, JT Daniels, Georgia, and then Keldon Slovis from USC, who proved last year, <laughs> who proved last year that he can sling the rock. I watched their first couple of games last year where he led them to um, last second wins so if usc can ever and it's not like usc hasn't had solid solid quarterbacks i mean think about who you know sam Donald has come out of that recently um you know carson palmer came from there matt liner came from there usc since pete carroll left has never been able to figure all the way out but This might be the year because Washington, Washington, while they have a great defense, doesn't have an offense. Oregon's starting a new quarterback. Stanford is slowly declining. And your biggest threat in the South might be – I don't know, Arizona State with Jaden Daniels. And while I like that, I do like Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm just not sure if Arizona State is there yet under Herm Edwards. I'm just not sure if they're there yet. Let's see. If you look at Arizona State last year, I think. See, schedule. Right, they have to figure out the running game. I believe they are too dependent on Jaden Daniels. I'm not. I, I'm not knocking Bryce Young. He hasn't shown enough. He hasn't proved enough true game experience to be a favorite to start the year. All these names have had moments or games last year where they showed that they can do it. He is. He is going to be dangerous. But we know Nick Sable with young quarterbacks gets too run defended. But he's got the arm. He's got the arm for sure. So some of my conference winners for the upcoming year. uh, It's Cincinnati's. Cincinnati's conference. Cincinnati has shown for the last two years that defense is solid, while they haven't had the most explosive offense. He, the defense carried him, and Desmond Ritter's coming back, so they're going to be even better. In the ACC, I do have North Carolina beating Clemson. You've got Sam Howell in that system for, I believe, now a third year. That offense is just looks explosive, and that defense is only going to get better. Um, and the Big Twelve, I already told you guys this: Iowa State over Oklahoma. The defense, the quarterback, defense offense wins games; defense wins championships. Plain and simple. In the Big Ten, I went back and forth. Um, I got the West winner being Iowa. That wasn't what I went back and forth on. I went back and forth on either Ohio State or Indiana. Because while I do think Indiana can beat Ohio State, Ohio State doesn't face a solid team. Because Michigan is... Michigan, they're not gonna they're not going to compete. They've shown that they can't. I don't know how much longer you give Harbaugh. Again, different time for a different story. I picked Ohio State because two losses, even if Ohio State's losing Indiana. Indiana also plays Iowa at Iowa earlier in the year. So, with one loss, you have to, you have to be for the rest of the year, and I'm not sure if Indiana can do it. Michael Penix is coming off a torn ACL. So, I'm not sure how explosive he's going to be earlier in the year. So, we'll watch out for Indiana, but right now my pick is Ohio State, even if they don't have a quarterback right now. They've got about two or three quarterbacks are competing, but nothing has come out for sure in one way or the other. And Conference USA, shout out to UAB. I got UAV defeating Marshall. UAV is, what, six years off their self-imposed death penalty. They've come back. They've built that program. They've won back-to-back Conference USA titles. And, And they opened their new stadium this year. They opened their new stadium this year. So let's see. You know how Conference USA turns out. You know once Lane Kiffin left, UAB, you know has now run that conference. But let's see, let's see if anybody can challenge UAB this year. In the MAC, I have uh, Toledo over Kent State. Um, I feel like Eli Peters at Toledo can lead them to a conference championship. Conference championship. It would have been Buffalo, but they lost Jarrett Patterson, who rushed for. I don't know, hundred fifty thousand yards last year in the MAC. Which, while it's the MAC, that's still so impressive. You know, you, you know, you can you always say you, you can only beat who's on your schedule, and you know, this there are some lesser teams in the MAC this year. So, we we got Toledo over Kent State in the Mountain West. San Jose State was a nice a nice uh, story last year. Well, Boise State and San Jose State both went undefeated last year meaning those teams didn't play each other, but this year I have Boise State beating San Jose State in a traditional Mountain West championship game. In the Pac-12, I have USC over Washington. Um, Again, Kelton Slovis, Washington, and the inability of Washington's offense. I believe their quarterback this year is a true sophomore, and that offense just wasn't very explosive. So I have USC over Washington. And the SEC, until so you beat them, it's got to be Bama. And even though I'm a Georgia fan, ripping the hat, until you beat them, you know. But if, if you're going to beat them, I believe this is going to be the year. Because they're going to have new weapons, a new quarterback. But I've done it before, and I can't I can't, can't, keep doing it. I'm going to go Bama over Georgia. And in the Sun Belt, you got Coastal Carolina to beat Louisiana Lafayette. Grayson McCall returns. That was a Cinderella, Cinderella team last year. And then you got Louisiana Lafayette, who always seems to have 10 win seasons. They beat Iowa State on the road last year, which was a solid win for them with a ground and pound Levi. I can't think what his last name is, the quarterback over there for another year. So while that's going to be a solid team, you just I just feel like Coastal Carolina is going to be a little better. So, for the playoffs, I have Clemson and Georgia both missing the playoffs. And that's because I think they're going to lose in their conference championship games. So, that's going to be so then that's going to open the door for Vama to be number one, North Carolina, number two, Iowa State, three, and then Ohio State, four. Now, if is there, do I see two ACC teams getting in? I can see two ACC teams or two SEC teams getting in. Both because if Clemson or Georgia loses, wins the Week One game, and loses in the Conference Championship game, you know what's what's you know is your is your win versus Clemson going to look better, or your win versus Georgia going to look better to outweigh your loss versus North Carolina or Bama? Now if now, if you know North Carolina or Georgia doesn't have the year that we think they're going to have, and they're nine and three going to the conference championship, going they went, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. Doesn't matter if you know you be Clemson or Georgia beat Clemson at the beginning of the season, but if these teams are what they're supposed to be, I can see two ACC and two SEC teams in the playoffs. Now for the American, which. Is going to be overall improved. Um, this is low key one of my favorite teams to watch. Excuse me, my favorite conferences to watch. I remember so so fondly about the old Big East. I remember when USF in two thousand and seven started out seven and zero, and got all the way up to number two and lost to Rutgers on the road. More recently, you've got US UCFs, um, whatever you want to call it, um, writing themselves a national championship. You've got, um, you know, Houston beating Florida State And the, what was it? Sugar Bowl? No. Peach Bowl. And then they beat Oklahoma to start the year the very next season. Or maybe the other way around. I don't remember. But I know they beat either. Let me think about that. They beat. I want to say it was they beat. Florida State in end the bowl game, and they beat Oklahoma to start the season the following year. And then you have ECU, who in the late 2000s beat a Virginia Tech and a West Virginia team that were ranked in back-to-back games to start the season. Temple's had some good years under Matt Rule, who's now in Carolina, who led them to some solid solid years early in the American conference's history. So there are some teams that have had some solid solid years recently. They're looking to rebound. But until anybody can show me they can be competitive with Cincinnati, you're it's just good luck. Because nobody's gonna throw in Cincinnati. They've shown the last two years that they're how dominant they are. They faced a very lackluster Georgia team last year in the bowl game. And if it wasn't for a, a last-second field goal last year, Cincinnati finishes the season undefeated. And all we're talking about all offseason is, well, Cincinnati beat Georgia, so Cincinnati should have made the playoffs. Now, if that Georgia team, you know, is – playing the way Georgia played through some extent last year, the whole game. Is that game even close? Probably not. But if we take a look at Cincinnati's schedule last year, they, and I'll get it, it's a COVID year. Your best win last year is Tulsa. You know, and I get it. Not a lot of teams are playing conference yet, but when you don't play, to play in the non-conference, you don't, you haven't, you don't get to prove yourself. But this year, this year's going to be their year to prove if they belong or not. Some of the key starters returning. You've got Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, who threw for right at 2,300 yards with 19 touchdowns and six interceptions. You have the tight end Josh White, who was a key pass catcher who had uh, six touchdowns last year. And Desperate spreads the ball around. He has eight receivers that um, average more than 10 yards a catch. And then they have a linebacker on defense, Jarrell White, who had 77 tackles, three attacks, two interceptions, a fourth fumble, and a touchdown last year. And that defense is only going to get help because they have incoming transfer Devin White, a linebacker from uh, Michigan State, who I believe was a three-star recruit. So that defense is only going to improve. They have uh, the top-rated recruiting class in the conference. Go figure. Uh, They're about middle of the pack in the NCAA at uh, 44th. Some of their big games this year, they have a couple of key games early. You're at Indiana um, on September 18th and at Notre Dame October 2nd. I'm not convinced that Notre Dame is going to be a ranked team by then, but Indiana will be. Indiana will be. And if you can win those two games, it's a – I think they have a chance. Those are those are your games to prove yourself, Cincinnati. And conference, your two games you go. You have a UCF and Tulsa. One at the one in the middle of the middle of October, and one at the at the beginning of November. Of those four games, I, I don't know how you go on the road and beat Indiana with Michael Penix. They gave Ohio State all they wanted last year, and Ohio State didn't want it. Ohio State should have lost that game last year. Um, so I do have uh, Cincinnati going 11-1 with that one loss being to Indiana and uh, going undefeated in the conference. Um, then we got Tulsa. Tulsa had a surprising year last year. They went 6-0 in the conference, didn't play Cincinnati. It was six went 6-3 overall. They lost to Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl. They have a three-headed running back, three, three-headed – the backfield and Corey Taylor, Deneric Prince, and uh, T.K. Wilkerson. Uh, Corey Taylor had 516 yards. Deneric Prince had 470, and T.K. Wilkerson had 317. All of them had four TDs apiece, and you had Josh Johnson on the outside who who, uh, who caught six touchdowns for him. They have a they have a transfer coming in from Oklahoma State who's a guard. It will help solidify that offensive line. Their recruiting is uh, was down this year. They have the worst class in the conference, so that's not much to call about. And then they have a they have a rough rough first couple of weeks. They had they go on the road for Oklahoma State and Ohio and Ohio State. So just don't get blown out by both of them. Be competitive. Then you have Memphis at the beginning of October. And then you have Cincinnati at the beginning of November, (laughs) excuse me. Um, and I do just, just feel like, you know, between Oklahoma state, Ohio state and Cincinnati, you know, you got, you got a rough, a rough draw this year. So I do have them going nine and one, not, excuse me, nine and three and seven and one in the conference, um, Memphis beat Florida Atlantic in the Montgomery bowl. Brady White, who is, I believe, a 60-year senior, through to transfer and injuries, threw for about 3,300 yards last, 3,400 yards last year, with 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. You have a, a duo on the outside that's solid, with Calvin Austin, who had 63 receptions, uh, just about uh, 1,053 yards. He averaged almost 17 yards a catch and 11 touchdowns. His yards and his touchdowns were top eight nationally. And you have Taz Washington, who had 43 grabs, 743 yards. He averaged 17 yards a catch and six six touchdowns. Got a defensive back who uh, had 81 tackles for a defensive back is pretty good. And you have, he had three ints, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. They they have the second rate recruiting class. I remember when Memphis was an absolute dumpster fire, um, and then Justin Fuente came in. I turned that program around so and since then they've they've changed coaches and and it hasn't changed they they still are competitive at a high level and there are some years recently where they've been the best team in the state of Tennessee Sorry, Tennessee fans. I hate to break it to you. Let's not act like you didn't know that. Um, they got Mississippi State. They got Mississippi State early, at home, and then they also go on the road in October to Tulsa and UCF at the Bounce House. Which, if that's not your favorite college football stadium, then you know what do you do with your life? Because who doesn't want to go to the Bounce House? Overall, I have them going to ten and two. I do think they can get. I do think they can beat Mississippi State with a returning quarterback under in Mike Leach's second year. But on the road is always tough. Would it surprise me if they beat Tulsa? No. Would it surprise me if they went eleven and one? No. But you know. Winning on the road is hard. With a six-year quarterback, it makes it a little easier. So, all I have there, and um, if Memphis doesn't have the best uniforms, then I don't know what you're doing. Um, UCF, speaking of UCF, they lost to to VYU and Zach Wilson. Yeah, that Zach Wilson and the Boca Raton Bowl. They also – Josh Heupel left to take the – the head coaching job at Tennessee and the hired Gus on. And while I think that might be the best hire of the whole offseason, this is only going to scare everyone because they already go at warp speed. And does anyone, do y'all remember Chip Kelly? and how fast his Oregon teams went, that's what Gus Malzahn likes to do. And if you look at Gus Malzahn's resume, while, yes, it was Cam Newton, Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator at Auburn in 2010. He left, he took the Arkansas State job, and Auburn absolutely fell into a dumpster the next two years. Gus Malzahn came in in 2013 to Auburn coming off a winless SEC season where they went, they were winless in the SEC. And with Keith Marshall, because that was a prayer at Jordan Hare, and I almost cried because why are we trying to intercept balls when we're in the lead and we're not trying to bat them down? But that's just fundamentals, and we'll get to that. He took that team to the national championship game. And if anybody but Jameis Winston was the quarterback there, Auburn wins that game. So basically, he took a winless SEC team to a national championship. Anyways, I digress. Guess what's on? If you thought UCF was good under Scott Frost, they're only going to get better because guess what's on shows? Anywhere he goes, they improve. Zilla Gabriel comes back who through for 3,600 yards, 32 touchdowns and four round interceptions. Four. Count them. One, two, three, four. That's it. You got Greg McCray and Otis Anderson in the backfield who about 1,400 yards apiece, 14 touchdowns. They're uh, receiving. is top heavy. They have Marlon Williams who, aver- who w- went for over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Jayla Robinson's 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. of Harris, you average 18 yards a catch and eight touchdowns, that's 20 touchdowns and 23 of them. I believe there were six or seven other receivers, maybe eight, um, who recorded a catch last year. And they only had eight total touchdowns combined. So we're going to need to find another guy. But, you know, when you go at, you know, 150 miles an hour all the time, it doesn't really matter because, you know, if you're conditioned, you're, gonna, you're going to be okay. They have a, a handful of transfers coming in. Isaiah Bowers from Miami, Ohio, who's a, who's a running back. We have a defensive back Jarvis Way from Mizzou. We've got Jordan Johnson, who's a four star recruit in the most recent recruiting cycle, a receiver who transferred from Notre Dame. Ricky Barber, defensive line from Western Kentucky. Mark Anthony Richards, who tra- who followed Gus Mazzala from um, Auburn, who's a running back. And we have Brandon Johnson from Tennessee, receiver. They have the fourth rate recruiting class in the conference. Probably my favorite non conference game this year. I work in a sports bar and I will let everybody know the day that I come in. When this game comes on, I will be no help to anybody. Boise State comes into the bounce house on September 2nd. That's a Thursday night game. I believe it's at like seven or eight o'clock. Watch, tune in because you had Boise State and TCU who were the Cinderellos in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And then Boise State fell off, and instead of winning 12 games, was winning nine, and then it became UCF. So this is going to be one of my favorite non-conference games this year. Probably my favorite, even Georgia Clemson. I like watching the the lesser conference top teams play they go to louisville while louisville's had a down couple of years it's still louisville it's still a road game might not always be easy and they go to cincinnati in the middle of the month i would pick them to win that game if the game wasn't in cincinnati and cincinnati's defense wasn't just absolutely nasty cincinnati's game cincinnati's defense is her, it's just nasty Overall, I drove them going 11-1 and one with their one loss being to um, to Cincinnati. Now, again, what would have surprised me if August Mazan on the team, he beat Auburn three – excuse me. He beat Alabama three times at Auburn. You had the kick six. You had the missed field goal his last year there. And they beat him one other time. And I think he beat them once in Tuscaloosa. So it's not like he only beat them when, when they came into Jordan-Hare. Next, we got got SMU, who sadly had their bowl game canceled because of COVID. Um, but they're going to have a new quarterback this year. Shane Buchel is now in Kansas City with the Chiefs, who's got, who had a big arm. Um, some of their key guys, you had uh, Ulysses Bentley, who who run for who rushed for just under 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. You had a, a, a trio of receivers with five touchdowns apiece, Rashad Rice, the tight end, Colin Granton, and Reggie, Ro- Reggie Robinson. Reggie Robinson aver- averaged 21 and a half yards a catch. Big play guy, found him. On defense, you had linebacker Delana Robinson, who had 77 tackles and three sacks. They have a key transfer, Jahari Rogers from Florida. Um, they had the third-ranking pretty class in the conference. That's a music team that under Sunny Dykes has also improved. You know, getting Shane Bouchelle was big for them. It only helped speed up their ascendance. They play TCU in the middle of the month now while in the middle of September while TCU is not what TCU was, you know, five years ago. It's a winnable game in Fort Worth. Uh, SMU schedule is very backloaded so would it surprise me if they went into November 8 and one or nine and0 no but here, here is their November schedule at Memphis they go to, at Memphis UCF comes in at Cincinnati and Tulsa comes in. So you cannot tell me that, Their their schedule's not backloaded. Now the winnable game here, I think is, I think they're, I think the winnable game here is Tulsa at home to end the season. I have them going eight and four, and you know you can keep it competitive with these other teams, but you just you got a backloaded schedule this year. It happens. It happens. You know, be grateful you didn't get. You know, be grateful you didn't get – let me pull this up one more time. Who do I have? Who am I thinking of? Yeah, be grateful you didn't get um, Tulsa schedule where you got Oklahoma and Ohio State as your non-conference teams. Your non-conference schedule is not that bad. Next up, we have uh, Houston who lost to Hawaii in the New Mexico Bowl, and they brought in uh, new head coach, Dan Holbertson, who was at West Virginia last year. Ooh, fun fact, uh, his son is actually um, in the quarterback room over there. I believe under Art Bryles that he was, the offensive, he was the offensive coordinator there when they had Case Keenum. I might be wrong, but I know he was the offensive coordinator there and it might not have been Case Keenum, but I think he was the offensive coordinator there under Art Bryles. Uh, Clayton Tuna is their quarterback returning this year. He threw for a little over 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. They played eight games last year, and he got sacked 17 times. You have to get that offensive line fixed, plain and simple. On defense, they got a stud linebacker in Grant Stuller who had 61 tackles, a sack, and a fumble recovery last year. They had a handful of transfers. They had uh, Justin Beadle, who's an edge rusher for Virginia Tech, Cody Russey, who's a center from Louisiana Tech. They have a four-star transfer from UCLA receiver Jalen Irwin. Uh, they got a couple of guys from Texas Tech, a corner and a receiver, Alex Hogan and Keyshawn Carter. And they had the seventh ranked recruiting class in the American. Now for them, you're just trying to win games. You won three of them last year. Navy comes in the end of September. You go to Tulane. You have you go ECU the end of the month, and then you have Temple at the beginning of November. Excuse me, the middle of November. You're just looking for wins. You're just looking for wins. Navy's coming off a bad year. Tulane was six and six. ECU's coming off a bad year. Temple has a one Temple had a one win year one win season last year. Four and eight, I think, is good for them. I think you're gonna get I think you're gonna be ECU, and I think you're gonna be simple. Dana Holgerson, while it took him getting Will Greer, Dana Holgerson proved he can coach. You find the quarterback, you're gonna be okay. You had Navy who seems to have one of these years every every couple of years to where um Every couple of years they just have a down year. You know, they run the triple option, so they're gonna be hard to to defend anyways. And then you just add in, you know, they lost Keenan This was their first year without Keenan or not. Robinson is his name? Keenan Robinson is that sound right? The quarterback from Navy. I think that was his name is Keenan Robinson. So and then they don't, you know, Navy held the ball with the option, so they don't pass the ball very much. And their leading rusher had 600 yards last year. So that's not, you know, averaging five yards to carry, that's fine. That's two of those. You got a first down, but you have to have more than one running back to run the option. He had a touchdowns last year that was Nelson Smith. You had a good linebacker, Diego Faggett who had 72 tackles, three sacks, force fumble, and a force, a uh, force, a fumble recovery. Kelvin Brennan, who had 68 tackles and five pass breakups. They have Their recruiting classes are never impressive because, because they're the Naval Academy. And I respect all servicemen. My father was in the Navy. It's hard to recruit in a Navy. So what Navy does on the football field is great to see every year when they're competitive. Some of their key games on uh, September 11th, gonna have air force comes in. I would love, and I'm sure they will. I would love to see them do a big commemorative pregame. What's the word I'm looking for? A big commemorative pregame ceremony. That's what I'm for. Ceremony, because this could be the 20 year anniversary of 9 11. So I expect to see something, some kind of commemorative for that. Then at the end of the year, ECU comes in. You go to Temple and Army, and with that option, you're always going to get somebody. So while I think you're going to you can be ECU and I think you can be Temple, I still got to go four and eight, which is better than what you were last year. So with that option, you're you know you can go six and six. It's Navy. I don't ever expect them to win ten games. That's why when they do, it's such a great story. You got Tulane, who ended the season really well, even though they lost in the in the to Nevada and the, the, the in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl last year. They have a uh, they have a plethora of offensive weapons. You got quarterback Michael Pratt, who was a true freshman last year, he threw for eighteen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, and eight interceptions. He added eight more on the ground. We have Steven Henderson, who. Who uh, had rushed for 773 yards last year and four touchdowns? Cameron Carroll, who's a big power back, who rushed for 741 yards last year, but he had 12 touchdowns. And you had a duo on the outside: Deuce Watts and Jaquan Jackson. Deuce Watts had uh, 16 yards of catch and six touchdowns. And you had a uh, Jaquan Jackson at 31 receptions and eight touchdowns. When 25% of your passes, when 25% of your catches are going for touchdowns, you're doing something right. You had a duo on a duo, a linebacker duo that had almost 200 tackles. You had Dorian Williams who had 97 with four and a half sacks, and you had Nick Anderson who had 88 with three and a half sacks. You got a couple of transfers here with uh, Darian Reichshaw from Colorado, corner Lance Robinson, corner from Kansas State, and then Tyler Lamb, the tight end from Louisiana Monroe. They had a middle of the. A middle of the pack recruiting class last year in the conference. They're going to be. They're going to have six. They're going to be six ranked class out of eleven. So just right there in the middle. But they also didn't get a favorable non conference schedule. You have Oklahoma who comes into Tulane to start the season. You have uh, Mississippi State. Excuse me, Mississippi. I apologize. Old Miss. I won't do that again. Then you go to old Miss, and then you got UAB at home. Man, not very favorable there. You got Tulsa coming in the beginning of March, the beginning of November, and then you end the season at Memphis. Again, coming off six and six season, you might get them down here at four and eight. But you didn't you didn't do you any favors when they're not a conference schedule. Could you beat UAB? Yeah. Are you going are you beating Oklahoma? No. Are you beating the lane training? Are you beating are you beating Ole Miss? No. So, so solid improvements. Let's just look for, you know still they're still building i think two in their new stadium for like their third year come on now well then you got probably one of my favorite all-black uniforms in east carolina who i talked about this story earlier i remember when they were cinderella and they beat virginia tech and west virginia in back-to-back weeks i believe virginia tech was on the road west virginia was in was at home they have a returning quarterback, Halton our who ran for rest for nine hundred for excuse me, who threw for 1900 yards and eighteen touchdowns. Rajay Harris, who rests for four touchdowns and six hundred twenty-four yards. Blake Prohill, who had five hundred and seventy-seven yards and four touchdowns. Tyler Sneed, five twenty-four and five touchdowns. You had CJ Johnson, who had who averaged twenty-one yards of catch and six touchdowns. You have a duo on on defense, a linebacker Xavier Smith. Xavier Smith, excuse me. 72 tackles, two and a half sacks, two fumble recoveries, one fumble, two, two force fumbles, one fumble recovery. You had Jire Wilson, who had 70 tackles, three and a half sacks, three fumble, three force fumbles, and one fumble recovery. They are getting a lot of help in the transfer portal this year. They got uh, Tyree Saunders from Virginia Tech, receiver, edge rusher Josiah Robinson from Michigan State, Devon King from Marshall, safety, Ray Rose, four star at a receiver from uh, North Carolina. Rob Vanderland, an offensive lineman, offensive tackle from Oregon State. Sorry, Patterson, receiver from Marshall. Temple tight end Aaron Jerman, linebacker Aaron Jones, Ryan Jones from Oklahoma. Linebacker favorite name Winstar Allen from Richmond, and then a safety DJ Ford from UNC. When you win three three games and you don't have the worst recruiting class in the conference, I, that's a, that's a win. It's a win. They have the eighth overall recruiting class, so teams did worse. I have upstate to start the season, which if Michigan showed us anything, I don't want to play upstate to start the season. Tulane comes in at the beginning of the month. You you got Houston coming in. Excuse me. Tulane comes in the beginning of October. You go to Houston in the middle of the month, and you go, and then you go to Memphis at the end, towards the end of the year. I believe they're gonna. I think you're gonna go four and eight again. You won three three games last year, so solid. You know, another step up, another step up. Then, for one of our five, you got Temple. Temple, who had a down year last year. Again, got a lot of help in the transfer portal. You, know, you got Jada Blue, who's the only key guy, five Fine coming back, who has 371 yards and five touchdowns. They need offense. And they have some coming. In semi insurance. I got on Mahone from Kentucky, defensive lineman, Cameron Ruiz from nor- Northwestern corner. Uh, we got two rated defensive lineman from North Carolina, is that Gill, defensive lineman from North Carolina. Here's an then edge rusher Will Rogers the second, the third, excuse me, from Washington State. Here's where the offense comes in: Ahmad Robinson, receiver, Purdue; Iverson Clement, running back, Florida; DeJuan Mathis, quarterback, from Georgia. This guy was a four-star recruit. He came in, showed showed potential, lost the job, and wanted to go home, which I'm okay with. Everybody's knocking transfers. That's just where we are now. Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to play. So go play. But we've got to get the transfer thing figured out to where it's not as, where it doesn't take near as long. You know, they just approved the NIL rule, and I think, and they're now approving the transfer rule. Just let these guys play nobody's bothered by it nobody nobody's bothered by that if it if it bothers you to watch college football and think oh these players don't need to be paid what do you watch why do they do watch the nfl they get paid all you know it's a better quality of living for these players i digress some key games for, for temple again they're just looking for some wins you know, you go to Akron the beginning of September. Then you, you go to UCF. And then you go to T, you go to be in November. And then Navy. Yeah, is always hard to beat. But I do think you're going to go three and nine. And you're going to slowly make improvements if DeWad Mathis gets approved to play. And he's going to, you know – you won one game last year. You really can't do any worse than what you did last year. And I chalk up a lot of this to COVID years. So playing football in a COVID tie was hard. You didn't get to practice the same. Some of these teams didn't even know they were playing games because of the conference. So while I'm sitting here and talk about these teams from last year, I'm going to learn more about these teams this year because of playing in what is more, what would be more of a normal season. Last up for the Americans, you have USF, who I talked about before, is one of my favorite teams because I remember them under Matt Grothy with Jim Levitt, and then they went on the road, and lost to Rutgers, and they started the season like seven and zero, and they finished like ten and two. So, no ball game for them last year. They have Jordan McLeod returning, who threw for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Defensive back Chris Townsville had three picks last year. Linebacker Antonio Greer had three sacks. Again, this is another team that got a lot of help from the transfer portal. So, Marcus Simpson from quarter from ECU. Jaron Mangum, running back Colorado, Yusef Terry, wide receiver Baylor, DeVarcus Gregory, receiver. Uh Ole Miss, Matthew Hill, receiver Auburn, Will Jones, corner Kansas State. Druncher, Jamari Stewart, Mississippi State, Christian Williams, Miami Corner. Now here's where here's where they're gonna make the most strides. They had the fifth ranked class in the conference. This is Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott works under Davis, Winnie Clemson as his offensive coordinator. When with Deshaun Watson, they're winning national championships, they're winning games. While Charlie Strong has now set two programs back between Texas and South Florida, he did at least um get you some defensive guys there. And while I'm not gonna say that defense is solid, that that's a good defense. Like solid, that's a good defense. They were in a lot of games last year. And this is now Jeff Scott's third year. So let's see what he can do. Some games for them are going to be ECU comes in, excuse me, you go on the road to ECU and then you end the season, Tulane comes in and then the war on I-4, which to me is completely unwinnable. I would take the, uh, whatever the points are for the, I would take them. I have, I have them go finishing two and ten. While a lot of these teams for the American have made strides for this year, the bottom four, the bottom three teams between ECU, Temple, and USF are not going to be are not going to balance out the top heaviness of this. Of this conference between Cincinnati, Tulsa. If that's repetitive, if they can repeat what they did last year, and UCF, Cincinnati and UCF, I will guarantee in the season rank next year. And the group of the group of five, New Year's Six bowl game. Will go to Cincinnati. You cannot tell me that it will not. And with that, thank you guys. I will be back. I will think we're going to do this every Thursday, same time, same place. I'm so excited to start this. Let me know if you have any questions um i'll be posting some, i'll be posting some some questions on the facebook page for you guys to get back to me for you guys to get with me um feel free to message me if there's something that you think i need to point out if i missed anything feel free to correct me i'm always i'm always here to learn um i can see you guys questions so feel free to to ask me different things i am a very broad college football guy. So I start watching football at noon and I stop watching football at 2 a.m. when the Pac-12 game's in. And I watch most of everything in the sports bar. I have 36 TVs around me all the time. There won't be anything that happens that I probably don't see. Um, I'm going to try to get some guys on this whether it be somebody else to talk football with me if i can get a coach if i can get a player i've got big plans for this i am so committed to this i go to work i come home i work on this i go to work i come home i work on this i'm always in contact with anybody that i can to improve my knowledge of the game with that i will steal this from one of the youtube guys i I watch shout out good game brother be safe be smart tell somebody you love them peace out